Randy Young provides us with that glimmer of hope. Hey, what's going on, Patreons? Man, that big bet has been working out well for me. Being able to hit up Dr. Kyle and his DMs. We're on a synchronized schedule. It's crazy. Every time I'm about to message him, he's about to message me. But uh, being able to bounce those ideas off of him and then being able to reach out to Memphis. Typically, I just do it directly to the stream personally instead of a DM. But, man, I've grown in, what, five weeks of doing the sports betting. And the big bets helped. I'm able to formulate my own opinions. I do like some of the ones that they have. But listening to them and reading some of the lines and doing my own little research, I'm starting to kind of understand the ins and outs, sports betting. Um, and it's going real well. Last week, I went 5-2 and two on my bets. Um, I hit a couple big parlays. One of the ones was Miami that I talked about with Dr. Kyle as soon as the opening lines came in. So uh, big bets where it's at. Patreon, you guys are great. Appreciate everything. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And tonight, we're going to be reviewing the DWZ staff's rankings of the tight end position. That is after the season, but before free agency. Why before free agency? Well, because a guy like Hunter Henry, who's a, is a unrestricted free agent, could go somewhere else, and that could change his value. So we'll be updating these as we go along but I'll tell you who I'm not ever going to update. That's my co-host because my co-host is none other than the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is up? As the uh, David and Joku of tight end podcasters, I am glad to be here. Always fun. And we are going to talk about a position that is a bit of a barren wasteland. A little, but, but it's something we have to talk about because... You know, they score points. But Randy, Randy, before we get into any business or anything. Sure, sure. I am a Detroit Lions fan. Oh, I, we're, I, I'm the first question. Well, my first question. What do you got, man? I don't know if you guys happen to hear about a little Matthew Stafford trade. Um, we all sort of thought it was happening. As a very wise man uh, once told me a, a very southern phrase. Uh, to piss on the fire and call in the dogs. It was time to piss on the Matthew Stafford fire and call in the dogs. It was time. You know, it sucks. I will be rooting for him uh, to win for the Rams, even though it will potentially hurt the Detroit Lions. But I can't I can't hate the man, and I can't blame the man. And it's it's good that the organization didn't do him dirty like they did Barry and Calvin. They, they let him go have his chance at a ring. So that's good. We got Jared Goff, so... Hey, okay. I know, I know you, you and I happen to be Jerry Goff apologists and, and listen, we are. I, I, I admit it. I, I think it's a win for your lions. I, I'm, I know it's not popular. I know it's funny to make fun of the guy and his biting kneecaps. Here's the thing, gang, Dan Campbell has, you know, rubbed up against a lot of really good coaching in his time. I also like the fact that like Joe judge of the New York giants, that he's never been a, an OC or a DC. I like the fact that he's never called plays. You know, one of the things that got Patricia in trouble and bogged him down is that he was a defensive coordinator, and his, and his chubby little sausage fingers were all over the defense, and he wasn't running the team. So for, I think that Dan Campbell has been a good hire. Uh, the initial press conference notwithstanding, 
And, and I'm excited to see what, 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 what he brings. I think Anthony Lynn, of formerly of the L.A. Chargers, now yep. the offensive coordinator. We went into a little, little research because it was a debate in our Patreon group chat. And Anthony Lynn, during his time as the head coach in L.A. slash San Diego, he was no worse than 11th in total yards. They averaged over 6,000 yards a season. And they were no worse than 19th in scoring. That's not bad. Now, I get it. He's not bringing Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen or and or Phillip Rivers or Mike Williams, but I, I really think the Lions have potential. And, and here was the take I had last night, and I am championing this as my own take because I have not heard anyone else. It is rumored that the, that the Carolina Panthers offered the 108 and maybe another pick. And, and my thing is, is why would the Lions want to take a pick you know, next year or the year after. And my thought is, is maybe they're just not that impressed with this quarterback class unless your name's Trevor Lawrence. Maybe they don't want to have to decide between Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, and they don't want to trade up to get him. Maybe, just maybe with that seven, they want to pick up a, a sweet wide receiver. And they look at Jared Goff now that the Rams were so kind to pick up a good chunk of his signing bonus money, and they can bridge him for a year or two. And then next year, if they're in a position to take a quarterback that next year, they might be willing to put some of those firsts to work and, and trade up for a veteran or trade up for a rookie that they like. If Jared Goff doesn't work out, I think for golf, it's a win um, out of LA. Not only was he competing with, you know, the teams in the NFC West, but now in the same building, you got Justin Herbert, you know, you're in LA, you've got the world champion Dodgers, the world champion Lakers, there's a lot of pressure on that organization to win. He does not seem to be the most alpha of dudes. And Detroit, even though it's a tough city, hashtag eight mile, baby. Uh, I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like the media will be a little bit more generous with him. And I'm excited to see what he can do with Swift and Hawk. And, you know, I think Galladay could come back. I don't think any wide receivers are going to get franchise tagged this year. I was talking no. with our buddy Nate in the GOAT chat. And if you tag a, a wide receiver this year with a franchise tag, you are guaranteeing that dude twenty million bucks. No, so thank you. It's a it's a lot of dough to uh, to to bring in a wide receiver. But you know, if you you have Hawk and you have Swift and you have that one oh seven man, you might be able to get a Jamar Chase. You might be able to get a a Devonta Smith, and, and then you're you're kind of cooking. The offensive line's not bad, so I don't think for golf or or Stafford, it really changes their dynasty value that much. No, no. They, they, they were both like, what, would you say they were both 12, 13 to 24 in a startup yeah. currently? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, I listen, I understand why the Rams did it. I think they paid way too damn much for a 30, I think he's 33 this week. Yeah, 33-year-old 30, quarterback who has had some injury issues recently. That's ignoring the fact that he separated his collarbone twice when he, you know, was a rookie in his second year. He's never won a playoff game. He's disappeared for three quarters of, I don't know, 75% of the games. He he can turn it on. The dude is awesome. He does awesome things. It's great. I Let me tell you, I was flabbergasted when I got the notification that said we got two first, a third, and Jared Goff, it was unbelievable. And to your point, I get, I get why people want to talk about the eighth pick in Carolina and everything. To your point, you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. At, at, at no point are you ever going to be able to trade up to get Trevor Lawrence. There's a reason Urban Meyer took that job. 
There's a reason Daryl Bevel is there. It's because they wanted to have that spot and they wanted to have Trevor Lawrence. So they are going to take him. So you're going to spend the seventh overall pick and the eighth overall pick to move up to get the second best quarterback in the class. I just, I, I don't like it. And to, to your point, Randy, if you get multiple picks, it gives you multiple years to try and maneuver the draft board in whatever way you deem necessary. And with all the extra capital that you have, let's say next year you like, you know, Keaton Slovis or Sam Howell or whoever the, you know, Spencer Rattler, whoever the hell you like, you now have two picks that year and two picks the next year. You can move to wherever the hell you want. You can pick the guy that you want. And maybe Jared Goff does good. Like we're all under this assumption that he's not going to, and I'm sort of in that camp as well. But it, it creates so much more flexibility for an organization that, hell, even if they traded down and got multiple picks, I wouldn't be mad because it is a bad roster. It just up, down, offense, defense, special teams, you name it. There's holes everywhere because Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn were two of the worst at their jobs that the NFL has ever seen. Listen, Dan, Dan Campbell is a question mark, and I don't know if it's going to turn out well. But it, like you said, with the Detroit media and Jared Goff, here's the thing about Lions fans. We don't expect anything, anything from the organization. So what What are you going to do? Are you going to be upset that he wins six games? No, no, not year one, not year two. We expect it to be awful. We just paid Matthew Stafford a shitload of money. And he's Stafford. He's an upgrade from Jared Goff. And we got the seventh overall pick. So, so what, we think we're going to lose Kenny Galladay, lose Marvin Jones, we're going to downgrade to Jared Goff, and we're going to get better? No, people, we are not. The Detroit Lions are going to be piss poor next year also. They're going to be picking in the top five, and I'm cool with that. Thank you. That that That's my rant. It, and listen, this is the beginning of fun things this offseason. If we're seeing stuff like this already, we haven't hit the draft. We haven't even gotten close to the draft, really, and we've already Free got agency. quarterbacks on the move. Don't forget free agencies in six weeks. And that's what I'm saying. This is going to possibly be the most fun offseason we have had. Also, Deshaun Watson is not going anywhere. Because if Matthew well, Stafford you, 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 you that gotta, much, Yeah, you got you got to leave a little bit of a... Of a his uh, his uh, owner, Cal McNair, is an honorary Texan. And, and, and it sounds like... I mean, you know, they, they've both got a posture because no one can lose this, this battle of, of public negotiation. So they both have to posture a little bit. I will just be surprised. I'll be surprised, but I'm not going to waste a lot of breath on a situation that hasn't unfurled yet. But when it does, rest assured, we will cover it. Um, by the way, um, I am not qualified to give you an honest opinion on what this does for the Rams' weapons. Anyone who tells you which wide receiver in L.A. wins <laughs> with Matthew yeah. Stafford, I, I want to see their, their roster ship of Cooper Cup, Bobby Trees, and the rest of the wide receivers there. Before the, if someone tells you that this benefits Robert Woods, how many they Robert have a Wood, lot of Robert Woods shares? How many, how many Robert Woods shares you have? If the answer is more than one, you're biased. Now, I love Cooper Cup as if his last name was Young. So it's not really fair for me. I, I hope. I, I about this? I, I, I think, worst case scenario, everybody gets a 10% lift, and we really won't know. We really, really, really won't know what it is until we start seeing training camp videos. We start seeing OTAs. We start seeing mini camps. And we see how dudes vibe. Sometimes dudes just vibe. Like we, we would have thought Tom Brady would have vibed with, with Chris Godwin. 
running the slot. But really, it looked like during the season, Tom Brady was vibing with Mike Evans. We we speculated as Dynasty podcasters that it was going to be Godwin and that it was going to be great for Gronk. But he really, you know, when he wants to take the big shot, man, it's it's really Mike Evans. So we'll have to keep an eye on the situation and we'll be prepared to cover that. Now, I do got to do a little promoting before we got to talk tight ends. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you guys for the reviews. It's because of you. I bought a Wi-Fi extender and I bought a new mic cord because uh, it was apparent from the reviews that I had had a mic issue. So hopefully I'm coming through loud and clear. I will continue to monitor that situation to make sure the crackling of my mic does not continue. But this is the importance of the reviews. People want us to get right to the dynasty advice. We just did that. So the reviews, guys, we're at 198 total. So wherever you're listening, if you're not driving an automobile, operating machinery, you're driving a combine, how about you hit pause and just slide over and give us a review? For some reason, it works better on, on Apple. It's just the algorithm. If you're a stats nerd, you know what an algorithm is. So it just works better on iTunes, but we'll take them wherever. We can see them all. And uh, so, again, thank, thank you guys for the, the constant support. Um, what's coming up is after the Super Bowl, Mock Draft Monday will be moving to Sunday. So the live show on YouTube will be Sunday night and the pod will be Monday morning. Our buddies Jake and Kyle from the FF Smackdown will be doing a once-a-week redraft show on the YouTube Monday night into Tuesday morning. Uh, so look for that. And then tomorrow night, if you're into gambling in the Super Bowl, and everybody gambles on the Super Bowl. Jerry, you're legal in Michigan now. I know. Hey, they just started online poker, too. So my uh, productivity is about to tank. W- w- yeah, which which sucks here in the state of Indiana because we have the online sports betting, but not the online poker. But tomorrow night, uh, she was our first guest to start the series, and she's going to be our final guest of the year. Rosalie Michaels of DraftKings is going to join Dr. Kyle and I as we cover props and player bets and you know, some sides and totals for the Super Bowl. So stick around with us, man. we got a lot of big stuff going on. And uh, Jerry, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to talk tight ends. Yeah, let's do this. All right, man. So here we go. We're going to give you our consensus staff rankings, and then Jerry will talk about where he has these guys. I will talk about where I have these guys. And the rankings are the composite of myself and Jerry. Our graphics guru, Matty Big Chest, Kyle August of the FF Smackdown, Dr. Kyle Bowser, my co-host on The Big Bet, Jake Hripp, who is Kyle's co-host on the FF Smackdown, Tyler O and Lou Dog of our new DFS show, The Daily Destroyer, which will be hitting you this weekend, getting you ready for the Super Bowl. So the eight of us, this is our composite rankings of the tight end position. So coming in at number 12, He did not make everyone's top 12, but he is barely inside the top 12. It is Mike Gusecki of the Miami Dolphins. We saw flashes of brilliance down in Miami last year. Um, I got to say, I I think I was more impressed with Tua than I was with Fitzmagic. And I think just from what I watched, I don't have the data to back this up currently. It felt like Tua was much more willing to push the ball into the middle of the field as opposed to the sidelines. And if that continues to be the case with Tua and his development, that could be big things for Mike Gusecki. So, Jerry, for me, Mike Gusecki did not make my top 12, uh, but he was close. He was number 13 for me. He was number 10 for you. Tell me a story about a man named Gusecki. Uh, it's weird that I have him in my top 10 and you don't because I feel like I was like 
one of the King Mike Gusecki haters coming into the season. And for the first couple of weeks, it seemed like that was going to be reality for the dude. But he did put it together a little bit, and he's still a young guy, and he's talented, and I think Tua's going to grow. I'm not ready to cast Tua off yet. It's super popular to do that. I like zigging when everyone's zagging, and the more people hate people, the more I like them. That's why I'm acquiring Clyde Edwards-Hilaire everywhere. That's why I'm going to try and shoot for Tua. I like Mike Gusecki, and you know we, we saw the breakout for Devontae Parker last year. Uh, we were hoping to see Preston Williams sort of grow. He didn't really. Uh, Devontae Parker didn't really repeat. It still seems like Mike Gusecki is going to be the one guy that's sort of a steady Eddie in that offense, uh, no matter who's there. And, you know, we're talking about an extremely volatile position in the tight end. So uh, I, I like Mike Gusecki. It's weird. It's uh, I've done like a 180 on the man. Um and, and if someone is, you know, questioning that, I, I will be sending offers if, because there's really like we're going to talk tight ends and, you know, we're going to make them sound a little bit better than a lot of them probably deserve to to sound because there's probably like six guys that I, I care about. I, I don't know how many you have. You have your your circle of awesome. When we talked about quarterbacks on that episode, there's sort of a, a smaller circle of awesome that I have in tight ends. So yeah, he, I, he's one he, he's one of the serviceable guys. That's what I'll say about Mike Gusecki. I, I think I think the buy window is wide open, especially in tight end premium. Now it's a move I would be looking to make uh, around draft season. I don't think there's going to be a lot of buzz around Gusecki, but I'm sitting here looking at his game by game log with uh, with Tua, and he had arguably his best games of the year, uh, at least from a fantasy points production standpoint, uh, with Tua. He had uh, six touchdowns on the season. Four of those came with Tua as the quarterback. And he set career highs in games started, uh, receptions, yards, yards per reception, and touchdowns. Oh, and first downs. So he was clearly an integral part of the offense. Now, how much of that was the banged-up, constantly hurt wide receiver core with Devontae Parker limited all year with a bad hammy and Preston Williams being out a majority of the year? I don't know. Um, there will be new there will be new uh, targets in Miami. I just feel comfortable saying that they've got it's a good wide receiver free agency class. They got a little bit of dough to spend, and they got a lot of draft picks. So the odds of Mike Gusecki not getting target competition is pretty bad. He's going to get some competition. I think I'm going to go back. I think once we do the post free agency pre draft rankings, which will only be available on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Uh, I think I will have to move Mr. Gasecki up. So let's let's move to number 11, overall consensus for the group, ranked by six of eight of us. I had him at number 10. You had him at number nine. It is Mike Evans. I feel like I'm giving him a little bit too much love. I feel like I should maybe bump him up a hair, but uh, currently number 10. You just said Mike me. Evans. Who are we talking about? I'm um, sorry, Evan Ingram. There we go. I, I was turning good, good catch. I was catching him into uh, turning him into a wheel of fortune before or after puzzle. It's Mike Evans Ingram. That's his full legal name. It's like Matt Stafford's first name is not even Matt. It's John. For 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 the record, by the way, how can you trust a guy who's lied about his first name for you? <laughs> you know, if I was no, going to do that, he, he's you, best friends with uh, with the baseball guy. That's yeah, a, I'm glad I don't got to hear about that every every you, week. You, you know that if people were going to lie about their first name, you guys would know me as Matt Young, 
as opposed to Randy Young, but Randy was my dad's name and I would never do that to my father. So, um, but anyway, Evan, Evan Ingram, New York Giants going to be playing on the fifth year option. I have him at 10. You have him at nine. What are your thoughts on Evan Ingram? Do, do you think Mr. Butterfingers is ever going to get his act together? No, no, I don't. And I have him at nine. I hate Evan Ingram. And I say that, you know, as a little caveat, because I do have him at nine because I think he's in a position that he's going to get some targets. And I think he has sort of a safe floor as far as tight ends in this range are concerned. I mean, I just made a trade for for him in a league that we play. And it's because I was worried that I was not going to get Kyle Pitts, who I would much prefer to have, even though I'm not a scout. Like, I, I, I don't know a ton about Kyle Pitts. That just shows how much I feel about Evan Ingram. I just didn't want to miss out because I needed a tight end in that league. Um, Yeah, I don't love him. I don't. There's, there's nothing I can tell you that it, it would tell you anything different. I just think this is such a weak position that with the role that he is getting and the pass catchers that are in that offense, I just think he's inevitably going to get work. And all it takes is you know, one game of three touchdowns or one game of 140 yards and immediately a tight ends value spikes because not many tight ends can do that at the position. And Evan Ingram is going to get targeted. He's going to get featured a little bit. You know, they'll probably get some, some, uh, some competition as pass catchers. I couldn't imagine they wouldn't. I mean, you didn't really see Darius Slayton grow at all. I, I can't imagine Golden Tate's going to be playing much longer. If he is, it's not going to be relevant. So I I have him at nine, but I don't like him. If that well, I, isn't a euphemism for exactly what the tight end position is in 2021, I, I don't know what else I could say. Well, I'll, I'll give you some of the reasons why I'm, I'm a little bit more pest. I mean, I guess optimistic on Ingram is one for the first time in his career. He played all 16 games in 2020. His previous high was 15 his rookie year. And what do you know? He had uh, 63 catches, one off of his rookie year career high, which was 64. He had 650 yards, second best of his career. What really hurt him was he only had one touchdown. So I'm looking, I'm sitting here looking at his stats page as we speak. This is a guy who has averaged seven targets a game throughout his career. We just need some consistency. We need some consistency in this offense. I have seen the Giants mocked uh, taking a wide receiver in several mock drafts. I've also seen them uh, as potential players in the wide receiver free agency class. I've heard heard Allen Robinson to New York can be a thing. And I think all of this bodes well for Evan Ingram. Because, you know, it's great that your tight end's getting 115 targets a game. I'm sorry, a game, that'd be great. 115 targets in a season. But it's even better if he's not the focal point of the defense to stop. On top of which, if we could just cure the butterfingers just just a little, not a lot, just a little, a little bit less butterfingers. I, th- I think the butterfingers thing is a little, uh, you know, he, he's got a 57% catch rate and his career uh, catch rate is still 60%. Not great, should be a little bit higher for a tight end. But I, believe it or not, going into year five, I still think there's room for growth. Growth for this offense with Daniel Jones. Growth for um, you. Know, you get Barkley back. You, you add another wide receiver. Slayton becomes more of a Robin than a Batman. You know, Golden Tate becomes a situational piece. Maybe they would use him the way that the Bills use Cole Beasley because he's certainly tough enough and, and a damn good a slot receiver to do it. 
So I, I, I see big things in this offense, and that's why I had him number nine. Now, this next guy is number 10 for the consensus. He was number nine for me and number six for you. You are by far the highest on this man. Now, maybe I will join you in the celebration of Hunter Henry if he winds up on a really good team in free agency. I don't see the Chargers franchise tagging him again. Uh, I think they, they, they'll, they'll either gamble with Donald Parnham or Parham, however you pronounce his last name, and or maybe draft a, a rookie. I know me and uh, Garrett Price, when he was on Talking Tight Ends with me, we fantasy drafted him to the Chargers at 13 overall. Nothing would make me happier as both a Justin Herbert and and Kyle Pitts fan. But Jerry, what do you think? What about you? I'm going to let you take the, the reins here on Mr. Hunter Henry as you have him at six. Are you just like, you're just ready? Your body is ready for the Hunter Henry explosion? That sounds horrible. Yeah, (laughs) yes, it does. It's not, I think this is, so I have him at six and I think that is the, the very tippy top of the people that I do not have in my circle of awesome. He could be six. He could be 17. I think I just happened to put him at six because I think he's a nice young talent. He's shown what he can do. And that's with, you know, an aging Philip Rivers, a young Justin Herbert. He's always sort of been that steady Eddie guy that can still get you four or five catches. You know, he's not going to explode by all means. He is one of the most boring tight ends to own, but he also doesn't kill you. He's not the guy that's going to get one catch for 13 yards and that's all you get. So he's, he's going to get you three, four catches, 40 yards. Every once in a while, he'll get you a touchdown and that's good. Also, I sort of like guys that are free agents because immediately when they find a new team, value spikes. We saw it with Austin Hooper. And it, Austin Hooper started in your lineups. He did not do everything that you wanted him to do. Same thing with Hayden Hurst. He ends up in Atlanta. He got he got a spike because he was gonna just he was gonna take that Austin Hooper job and he was gonna run with it and then you started him in your lineups or you took him earlier than you should have tight end six tight end seven uh, whoops that didn't work out so that's sort of my thinking with Hunter Henry also also Hunter Henry's a name that we've been hearing about so it doesn't really matter if he's not productive because his trade value still exists just because people have heard about him a ton he's a relatively young guy. And now he is going to be in a new situation, which will almost certainly give him a spike, assuming something stupid doesn't happen, like he lands in San Francisco or something. Yeah, I, I don't think that will happen. I, I would not. There's local rumblings that a lot of uh, Colts media and fans would love to see him here in Indianapolis. And when we've been dealing with the uh, the the craptastic run of you know, Mo Ali Cox, Trey Burton, baby. And they all, and they always get hyped too. Your guys always get hyped up. Eric Ebron. It's one of those things. It's a great position, but it, because Frank Reich does have a track record of using the tight end position as a play caller. The problem is I just don't think he's had the tight end. So I would not be surprised if the Colts were in the mix. Uh, My ranking might go up if he gets the, the, the Colts. I don't think that they can afford him in Philadelphia. I could see him going back to work with Nick Sirianni. But they've already got another guy, and what a nice little transition. How about that? Master of the segue. Dallas Goddard coming in as the consensus number, uh, let's see, that, that is number nine for Mr. Dallas Goddard. Jerry, what do you got on Dallas Goddard? You have him at 11, and I have him at number eight. 
Uh, why don't you talk about him a little bit first? Because like I'm sure. not the biggest guy on him, but I do like Carson Wentz bouncing back a little bit because he's going to need it if he wants to continue playing in this league. And I think that the pass catchers that are in Philadelphia, a uh, little suspect. We could talk about Jalen Rager all we want, and we could talk about the other guys that are there. Uh, they have struggled, point blank. No, no, thank you. And Carson Wentz has targeted the tight ends, but you've sort of always been a, been a fan, and it shows a little bit in the ranking. So just take it away, my friend. Well, I, I will just say this about Dallas Goddard. The Eagles are already way, 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 way over the salary cap. And this is part of the reason why they cannot afford to trade or cut Carson Wentz. They just they can't afford it. That's why they're putting all of their eggs in the basket of Nick Sirianni and the, the team to help get him turned around because they need him. His big extension just is now starting in 2021. So they're obviously going to keep him, but they did not get an extension worked out with Zach Ertz. So that is not a, uh, not a huge, a huge thing for, for Zach Ertz, but cause he didn't make our top 12. No, but I mean, he, he made uh let's see, Zach Ertz made one top 12. I will not out that ranker cause it was not you or I. Hey, I, I, I did have him at 12 and I switched Irv Smith out for him at the end. A good, good man. Good man. Um, but I just see Zach Ertz being gone, man. They can't yep. afford him. They have got to chop veterans. They have got to chop salary cap and Zach Ertz and DJX and Alshon Jeffrey. Those are all the guys that are going to fill, uh, feel this cost cutting measures in Philadelphia. And finally, all of the, the Dallas Goddard fanboys have, uh, got their shot at, uh, at a shot at greatness. So uh ready to uh ready to move on, but before we do, I'm gonna do a little bit of a little bit of a commercial, a little bit real quick. We'll make sure to talk about our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Man, we continue to offer up, you know, new members every single week, man. Like Jerry texted me last week. He's like, How many people can we fit in this group chat? And I'm like, I don't know. Hopefully all of them. Hopefully we don't ever get to a spot to where we have too many. And I think it's a combination of the value. Uh, I had some guests on recently, the past couple of weeks. We were talking about Patreon. They were like, why do you charge so little for the Patreon? I'm like, it's not about the money. The money just tells us that you're serious about Dynasty Fantasy Football. And we think you get a lot because what we offer, we offer a tremendous group chat. We're going to offer up patron leagues where you'll get to be in a league with me or Jerry. Maybe both. You also might get another member of the DWZ. So we're going to be rolling Patreon leagues. We've already got seven. Seven leagues. I'm in half. You're in half. Devi leagues. Um, all the winners got paid out within a week. That's a, that's a big thing. And here's the biggest thing. Jerry, I know you were this guy because I was that guy. You were probably the most active owner in your Dynasty League when you first started playing. You loved it. You couldn't talk about it enough. You loved it so much you joined a podcast. But before you did, did you feel like you were the alien in the group? Like, guys, I just want to talk about fantasy football every single day. Yeah, just pestering people all the time. Yes, you, sir. That That is what we offer. That is, you know, it, it's a lot of people. Not everybody participates every day. Some people do participate every day, and that's fantastic. But if you really want to be in a group, you want to be in a community, and that's the right word. A community of people who are passionate about Dynasty Fantasy Football just like you are. This is the spot for you. On top of that, you also get the rookie chat, which is being ran by Maddie, 
uh, Matty Big Chest, our graphics guy and one of the co-hosts over at the Dynasty Rewind heading up their Devi department. Um, we've got Dr. Kyle, myself, and some of the fellow degenerates talking gambling in the gambling podcast. And it's all, everything is all, we, give, we do an extra podcast a week. We do one-on-one roster help. What you get for the money will take it a long way. We're not valuing or, or devaluing our product. It's just to make sure that you want to be on board. So check us out, Dynasty Warzone. Uh, that's the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And you can text message or uh, DM Jerry or me, because a DM is basically a text message. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get you going on the, the Patreon. So Jerry, speaking of getting going, let's get going into the, uh, the, next, the next group of guys. Now this one right here, I, I found a little, a little bit interesting. I had him at 11, as high as 5 for one ranker, Logan Thomas. So I, 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 I thought this was an interesting one. You did not have him ranked. Uh, I am a big, big fan. Um, I, I think big things. I think a quarterback upgrade will do him. A, 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 I think he's the number two target behind my main man, Terry McLaren. I think this is an offense that's looking for weapons. And uh, so I, I, I have him at 11. I will not, again, we, if you want to see the rankings, uh, that you have to join the Patreon. It's another thing that's included in the Patreon. But, Jerry, where are you at on Logan Thomas? Was it like the age thing? Was it like him being 29? What, was, was that kind of your, uh, your, your takeaway? That was definitely one of the things. And I just, he just smells like the new hotness. Like he, he popped a few times, got a super late breakout age. Listen, I mean, we saw it with Darren Waller and, Listen, Darren Waller made me eat crow this year. He made me look like a moron because I thought that was not going to repeat and wrong. So listen, it's possible. I'm just, I'm not about it. Super late breakout age. I have no idea what in the hell is going to happen with that quarterback situation, with that offense. I don't know. I I, I would assume they bring in another wide receiver at some point, you would think. Um, yeah. I think Antonio yeah, I think, Gibson's going to grow as a receiver. That, that, a foregone that, that, conclusion, yeah, yeah. That's a for. I was just going to say. I didn't mean to cut you off. Another another wide receiver is. A, I mean, we love Terry, and Terry is. Clear, and I always use the Batman and Robin comparison. He's clearly Batman. That, yes. that man's a bad man. But yeah, they they clearly need some more weapons beyond what they have currently, and more most importantly, they, they need a quarterback. So um, I don't disagree, but. What would it take? Is there a quarterback? Is there a quarterback that could land in Washington that would make you maybe consider him replacing an Irv Smith or someone like that in your top 12? Uh, If it was going to be anybody, it would be Irv Smith. Honestly, let me get somebody with a pulse, Randy. Honestly, it's just I I don't know what the hell to expect. And they're not in a great spot where they're going to be able to draft one. So it's just, it, it's tough. It, it's tough. Listen, if they want to come and get Jared Groff from the Detroit Lions, by all means, please do that. I would love just a full rebuild from, from the Honolulu Blue. Eh, I mean, he's not that old. And here's the thing. We had Dan Williamson on uh, probably a couple months ago at this point. And, you know, he, he brought up that if you are a tight end and you hit, you know, it is much more likely that you continue through age. Essentially, tight ends age like wine and not like milk. If you have shown that you can be a good tight end, you can continue being a good tight end into your 30s. It's not like a running back. So he has shown it. And listen, if he starts to pop off at the beginning of the season, A, I'm going to look stupid. 
and I want you to bring this back up when it happens. Secondly, that value is going to shoot up into the four, five, six range because that is that's it's it's very it's a crazy spot where it's like we're all buying hype right in that range. So it's whoever the new hotness is at the time is always the one that's there. A couple of years ago, it was Evan Ingram. It was OJ Howard after he got drafted. You know, it, it's always that spot. And if he hits, then he's going to jump up. You're going to get an immediate value. So I get it. But you you talk about him. You're the one that's got him ranked. I'm I'm the hater over here. Well, you're not really a hater. I think you're being very practical. And I, I had him at 11. I, I just think the... I think the 110 targets and the 72 receptions is repeatable, but I can't guarantee that. So, you know, he he's a fringe tight end one for me, but the tight end position is a barren wasteland. So so he's worth a flyer. I don't Again, um, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and since they're not here to defend that opinion, I'm not going to mention who it was. They could have been blinded by the triple-digit target number. They could have liked the six touchdowns. I don't know, but... Too many questions for me to have him any higher than 11, and I'm not going to waste too much more time on Logan Thomas, but but certainly an interesting addition. This next guy, this next guy feels like feels like Mike Gusecki in a different, also in orange, by the way, Noah Fant. If you go to playerprofiler.com and pull up Noah Fant's uh, athletic measurables and then pull up Mike Gusecki's, they're virtually identical. They're both like in the 99th percentile. Uh, of the athlete score over there at Player Profiler. So um, I like him a little bit better just because I like, I know it's going to sound odd, I like Drew Locke just a little bit better. And I, I, I like his offensive coordinator a little bit better. Pat Shermer is a, a tenured, a tenured offensive coordinator, had some great tight end seasons too under his belt as an offensive coordinator with Kyle Rudolph, with with your boy Evan Ingram of all people, so I, I do believe in this offense, even if Drew Locke is not there. In fairness to Drew Locke and all of the Broncos and their talent, they have yet to have a normal off season and the entire band together. You know, Drew Locke strikes me as the kind of an immature, little immature, but he strikes me as the kind of fellow that really could have benefited from a normal off season, a normal OTAs, uh, a, a normal training camp time with his teammates you know zoom meetings probably don't cut it for a cowboy like like drew Locke. so i, th- I think a somewhat more normal offseason will stabilize a lot of the assets from a dynasty standpoint on the denver broncos and i've got a size speed specimen freak now he may not get the volume he may not get the volume of some of the guys that we're getting ready to talk about but this dude has got the tools to take one to the house on any given on any given week, he went very high. He went third overall last night when I was spending time with. Co- Speaking of Roto Underworld, Cody Carpentier of Roto Underworld talked about the young tight ends with me last night, as well as Michael Bauer from the Dynasty Rewind. And and Michael actually liked Fant just a little bit boy, a little bit better than your boy Hawkinson. Now that felt like blasphemy to me, but you know you don't treat guests like that. So uh, I, I'm a I'm a Fant guy. He was number seven for me. I'm right at consensus. You're at eight. So I think we're kind of in the same light. Uh, what are your takes on Fant? Yeah, I I think I might actually be a little too low on him. I think I'm going to have to move him up a little bit. I think it, the problem is I'm just not a super Drew Lock guy. And I think if he had a better quarterback, I think his talent is there to be in that next sort of tier. I think I'm going to switch him and Hunter Henry. I think I think his talent, he's so, his production right now 
is about the same that Hunter Henry has done. He's younger. He's got a better athletic profile. I think he's got a better future. I think I'm going to move him up. I think if I were to redo it right this second, I think I would put him at six. Well, please Um, don't. I just posted these to the Patreon or I'm getting ready to. And, uh, and, but, but you, you can, what you may do to save yourself an edit is wait and see where Hunter Henry goes in free agency. There we go. That way you don't have to make an edit after the show. Yeah. If there's one thing I don't like doing, I I don't like working. Yeah. I don't like working. That's not, I pass on that. So I, I don't know. It, it no fan puts you in a weird situation because he's got a great talent and you know, he was an unbelievable prospect coming out. But it takes time for tight ends. So, like it, I feel like we all say that whenever you draft a tight end like it, it takes time for a tight end to hit. But then when you're actually in the process of it taking time, it's like when a running back runs a fast 40 and you know they're going to run a fast 40 and you double their value because they did it. I think what I'm doing with Noah Fant is double hurting the tight end that is taking a little bit longer to be an elite tight end. And I don't think that's fair. And that's why I think I would move up on him. Noah Fant's a good guy. And he's one of the guys that I would be happy to have. I don't know if he's in the circle of awesome where you're thrilled that you have him, but why, why Tyler, why do, why did I put you in a weird position? Um, but yeah, I, well, I like yeah, well, what, what, what Jerry, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the comment from good friend of the show and just all around good dude, Tyler Gunther. He said, Jerry put him in a, in a weird position. I wonder if that's like a, like a full Nelson, maybe a half Nelson. But listen, Sometimes. I talk about a, a bunch of weird stuff on the show. So in, in a lot of situations, I would understand me putting him in a weird situation. You, you are the, uh, the most interesting guy. I know you, you have your tastes in <laughs> things across the world is uh it is quite broad now hey you know what kyle asked so let's just go ahead and get into it i'm sorry yeah. tyler asked kyle pitts or noah fant well for me and you uh we have kyle pitts as a consensus across the group as number six our number six tight end across the board without a, even an nfl snap i have him at number five you have him at number seven so we are clearly fans of this guy I mean, I've I've already had great conversations with you know friends of the show, you know Ray GQ and Garrett Price. Um, they've told me all I need to know. The only thing, the only thing that could cause him to go down my rankings, maybe a spot or two, if he was to land in a real, real bad awkward, like like a like an Arizona. I'm sorry, I don't trust that you know that the ultra handsome yet ultra horrible coach Cliff Kingsbury would know how to use him. I don't trust Kyler Murray throwing a lot over the middle. I just feel like that would be a bad spot. Maybe I would lower him down a peg or two. But I will tell you, if he lands in that dream spot of the L.A. Chargers, I would probably bump him up a little bit. He may even be creeping up on the top four. So for me, I have him at five. I do have him ahead of Mark Andrews where we're going to go next. But what is your love and fascination with the big man out of uh, Gainesville? Listen, I am... I'm not a scout. We've said it once. I'll say it a hundred times on the show. I'm not. But what I do love is college football, because when you're a Lions fan, you can't love the Detroit Lions because they suck the happiness from you. So you have to root for a college team. And so I watch SEC football because ready for this. My Spartans don't win in college football either. And he is just a fun dude to watch. He does it against the best talent and he just looks like a a man amongst boys, not to use that cliche, but it is. And those are 
NFL players, future NFL players. Kyle Pitts just looks like a dude. And, and Gunther says he's right behind Hawk. I, I think that's fair. I, I mean, Hawk has shown what he can do in the league, so I understand having him above him, and I do too. And Kyle Pitts is just, he's a dude. And, and it is situation dependent. And I do think that it'll take a little bit of growing, and his value may take a hit initially. But if you stick in a vacuum with the talent, I think you are going to be okay with Kyle Pitts. Follow-up question. What's the earliest you would take him in a super flex tight end premium draft? What pick do you feel like, hey, I'm okay taking him here? Um, I use, or in the league that I mentioned earlier where I traded for Evan Ingram, I had the 107. That was part of the package that I traded, and I traded it away to get a tight end because I didn't think Kyle Pitts would fall to me there, if that says anything. I think, now this is, it's called the Ultimate Premium League, so... I don't want to shock anybody when I say that the premiums in the league are pretty high. Um, Very much, and, so. and it's a, and it's a bu- and it's a bunch of savvy players. So it, it's likely that he probably goes, and I would have missed out, and I would have been sitting there with a roster with Josh Oliver. And let me tell you how much Josh Oliver is going to help me win games. He's not. Um, well, I, I, so I, 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 I think right in that range, one hundred six, one hundred seven. Well, I have the one hundred six in that league. And spoiler alert: uh, Kyle Pitts is definitely on my radar. Tyler Higby and uh, Austin Hooper, and uh, they, they are not going to cut it on this roster. And our man Chiefs fan 1002 said Carolina could use Pitts, and I agree 100%. And yep. then Tyler Tyler has uh, has Pitts in his five or six range. So there you go. That's why you got to follow along on YouTube. You never know who's going to jump in the group chat. Last night it was Ray Garvin. Tonight it's Tyler Gunther. You never know who's going to be hanging out with you in the Dynasty War Zone group chat. So all right, we already kind of mentioned him. So he's our number five collectively. He's number six for me. He uh, His stock fell a little bit. Um, I still have concerns about the offense in Baltimore. It's Mark Andrews. Five as a group. Jerry, you have him at four. Um, I am the lowest at six. The highest is four. So we are, you know, we have middled him nicely at number five overall. Um, I'm going to let you take him first because I am uh, going to sit here and ponder why I am not a bigger fan of a man in purple. I I think it's unfair that I probably have him a spot too high. I should probably have Darren Waller there, but I'm an ageist. I can't, I can't help it. Um, you know, he's young. He's tied to Lamar Jackson, who's not the best, you know, passing quarterback. I don't, I, anybody who's has eyeballs, they've seen that, but I, I mean, the dude can get into the red zone and all the defenses look for him to run it. And then Mark Andrews is just standing there wide open. So, you know, young, productive tight end, pretty good offense that doesn't focus on him so he can be sneaky with his touchdowns. I I don't love him. Like, for for where I have – I know I have him at four and I'm saying I don't love him, but it's – it's very, it's iffy. It's scary. He's a scary guy to have. Like I could easily see him being the guy that just falls off the face of the earth. And, you know, if, if they eventually get a wide receiver that maybe deserves a nickname like Hollywood, uh, then I think that would hurt him too. So I have him at four. I don't hate him. He's in the circle of awesome because he is productive and he helps people win and he's pretty young, but don't love it. You talk about him though. You're the one you had him a little bit lower. Tell me why. I mean, just it's the passing volume of that team. And that's a good team. And and when they're ahead, they're going to run the ball. 
And, you know, his volume was about the same. He he played 14 games last year versus 15 the year before. Um, you know, his catch per game is about the same. You know, he had 58 catches in 14 games last year versus 64 catches in 15 games the, the year before. His yards went down. You know, he averaged 1.2 less yards per reception. TDs weren't horrible. He went from 10 to 7. You know, his catch rate was the exact same, 65.3 to 65.9. So uh, yards per target, 8.7 to 8. It's it's just really the volume and the way that this team plays plays the game. I am concerned that they could. I'm concerned that this offense never takes another step forward, to, to be quite honest. I, I think that's fair, too. That, I, I don't know how the, the offense is going to progress. And I don't know what they're going to do in free agency. I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. Hollywood's not going anywhere. Obviously, Andrews is not going anywhere. They don't really pass to the running backs. But what if they bring in another wide receiver? They, they, I mean, anyone they bring in, especially if they, they, they bring in an outside wide receiver, do they move Hollywood inside? And kind of like I said about Tua, you know, Lamar tends to, to push the ball to the middle of the field, which is a benefit for Andrews. But if you bring in a slot wide receiver, does that eat away? You know, we saw a little, you know, not Miles Boykin, the other guy, Devin Duvernay. And we saw a, a, a little Willie Sneed. If they bring in someone who's much more talented than Devin Duvernay and Willie Sneed, you could have Just a real chrome bums and shoe clerics, man. Yes, that, absolutely. You know, they'll be taking, they'll be washing your car this offseason. Not really, but you know. But but my, my my point is, if if they draft somebody, this is another loaded wide receiver class. So if they bring someone in that works in the middle of the field, or if they spend a little money in free agency and bring someone in, that's going to make me extremely nervous. So I'm factoring that in. Um, he, he could he could maybe go up a spot. But he could certainly he could certainly go down a spot or two if they bring in competition. Because again, I'm going to update my rankings again after free agency, and then I'm going to update them again after the draft. And then there'll be a little fluctuation here or there as we lead up to the season. And then I'll update them about once a month. So um, before we get into the top four, I think we know who the top four are, but we're going to talk about them anyway. I want to make sure to tell you that this next segment is brought to you by our friends over at Viridian Global. They are our official apparel provider. And if you're watching live on YouTube, that is where Jerry got that sweet, sweet Dynasty Warzone cap. It reminds me of the old school Raiders cap with those colors. Now, the, the, the logo will look very familiar to you as well. Um, they've got the dad hat, which is kind of like I'm, I'm wearing a Yeti hat, but I, I don't have the dad hat. But the dad hat, it's got our uh, Air Force inspired logo on it. Um, we've got T-shirts, we got hoodies, and recently that that sweet son of a gun, Maddie Maddie Big Chest, he created a uh, Memphis Propzilla shirt. So I, I had a good run with my player props on the player prop show, the People's Propcast, and him and uh, Doctor Kyle conspired and put together. It's a gray T-shirt, little circle on the side with a little alligator type dinosaur that looks like Godzilla. It's not Godzilla that would be a copyright infringement, but it looks kind of <laughs> like that. He's got headphones on. And on the back, it says uh, Mr. Propodopolis. So just having some fun, man. We've got our, uh, we've got, uh, we've got my money one is twice as sweet as money earned for all you gamblers out there. That's a long sleeve champion brand tee. 
And you can check all of this out at Viridian Global. That's V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, Viridian Global. Search Collections, search Dynasty Warzone, as well as our homies over at the Dynasty Rewind, the Dynasty Happy Hour, the Goat District, a lot of, a lot of great Dynasty content providers house their gear at Viridian Global. So check it out, man. They run specials sometimes. If you get, and if you get your total over a certain amount, they'll ship for free. And uh, so check them out. Bookmark the page and uh, hook yourself up with uh, some sweet DWZ merch there, Jerry. It's merch. Not merchandise, Jerry. It's merch. No, you got to save time. We're about efficiency here at the Warzone. I, I, I don't know what people who do stuff, like, you know, like merch and, you know, like J-Will and J-Lo... What do you do with the extra time? I asked my wife this question. You know, she's the person that when she changes the toilet paper, she sets the whole roll on top. And that, I'm like, what did you do with that extra time? I, I, I'm that person. I'm, I'm, I'm not against you. I just want to know what, what what does that buy you? What 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 did that extra thirty seconds or ten seconds or whatever it is? Okay, but anyway, I, I could go. I could fill a buster for hours about shit that I that I do that bothers my wife and shit that my wife does that that bothers me. We got to get into these top four tight ends, man. So number four, um, you mentioned him earlier, Darren the Walrus Waller. Um, I'm a big fan. I have him at number three. You have him at number five. His highest rating among the amongst the collective is two. I think that's bold. Uh, I think that could be a health thing with maybe George Kittle. But Jerry, what are your thoughts on the Wallers? Uh, probably should be higher than where I have them. Um, but I'm an ageist. It's it is a disease that some people in the dynasty community have, and I am one of those people. I mean, he's 28 years old. He's not that old. He's still got four or five years. I think the the unknown that's sort of surrounding Las Vegas and their quarterback situation. If Derek Carr is gone. Do I think he is going to repeat the 90 tar, ninety receptions or 100 and whatever he had this year, the 1,100 yards two years ago, the 1,200 this past year? I, I, I don't. I don't. Um, I think that is sort of a product of a wide receiver core that is really non-existent, a running back that has really not popped in the receiving game. I think he's just the guy that is there, and so he is getting just peppered with targets. So that's, uh, that's my thing on Darren Waller. If you have Darren Waller, Oh my goodness, you're fine. You're good. Cause that man gets you an unbelievable amount of points and you're happy to have him. I, I don't hate Darren Waller. You talk about Darren Waller a little bit. You're listen, Randy's not an ageist. This is a salt and pepper, handsome man that I am sitting here talking about. So you, you talk about the old tight end. You're not wrong. You're, you're you're not wrong. Now I will disagree slightly. I do think that his uh, yardage and reception totals are repeatable. He had 92 years ago. He had 107 receptions this year. Both years over 1,100 yards. Over the last three years, he's averaged just a we'll call it just a shade under 12 yards per reception. The one thing that had him just that I don't think repeatable is the TDs. He had three two years ago. He had nine last nine, year. Yeah. I, I, I think water finds its level, and I think he'll probably wind up in that average of six, which is fine, which is totally fine. When I'm ranking these guys, touchdowns is just a bonus, really, because they're so unpredictable and so untrackable. So I'm, I'm really fascinated by the amount of volume 
that he gets. The guy had six games over 100 yards receiving last year. You love that out of a wide receiver. Forget a tight end. You got to love the volume. He's played. He's been durable as hell. And that's going to be a knock on a couple of, the, of these other guys. We're getting ready to talk about it, two and three. But for me, man, I, I, I can't go wrong with, with Darren Roller. So I get you. You know, but but like uh, like again, Dan Williamson said, you know, these tight ends age like fine wine. He's got such a team friendly contract at what he produces versus what he makes. I think he's golden for at least a couple of years. And uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that you know, if I own Darren Waller on a roster, you know, if I'm if I'm not doing great, then maybe I look to sell him off to a contender around the trade deadline in my dynasty league. But if you're contending, man, he is a he is the antidote if your opponent yep. has Travis Kelsey, if your opponent has a couple of these other guys, because if not, you are at a severe dis, you know, disadvantage in, in your head-to-head league. So that's why I like Waller so much. Now, this next guy I know you're going to like, and I know our boy Matty Big Chest does too, because speaking of Viridian Global, if you go over there and look for Hawkamania, you're going to find a TJ Hawkinson shirt. It looks uh, – I, I will not, again, not to avoid any copyright issues – if Listen, we, we're going to need a lot more Patreons if you want us to take on. We're going to need better lawyers if we're going to go that, for the that, copyrights that, that, of that these is things. Correct. That, that, that is damn correct. But the font will look very familiar on the TJ Hawkamania shirt. And uh, I have him at four. You have him at three, which I, I'm surprised he's not number one, consider, <laughs> considering the team that he plays for. Um, you tell me what you like about him. He's your man in Honolulu Blue. It's funny because I hated when we drafted him. I think taking a tight end at eight is one of the stupidest things an organization can do, but the man's been good. And I think it's a weird spot because we downgraded at tight end or at quarterback, excuse me. Um, But Stafford didn't exactly pepper Hawk. I mean, he did a little bit this year, but that was the first time. Uh, His first year, he really, it was game one. And then it was like Hawkinson didn't even exist the rest of the season. And it started to grow a little bit this year. Um, so we have Goff, and he's been up and down with his tight end usage. We saw, you know, Tyler Higby explode those last five games of 2019, 2020. Really, none of them were of any sort of use. But the thing about the Lions is they don't really have other pass catchers now. They're not going to franchise tag Kenny Galladay in a rebuild. No, he's like 27 years old. Not a chance. Marvin Jones is not going to want to sit through this rebuild after he was already a bangle, and then he became a lion. You're going to tell me he's going to want to ride his career out as a lion? No, he's not. He's going to want to go to L.A. or something with Stafford or wherever the hell, or Indianapolis or something, and he's going to want to go there and just be another another little a little piece to help somebody. He wants to be a Robin somewhere, and that's going to leave Hawk and a rookie, which... You know, I mean, we've seen rookies pop. We saw T. Higgins and we saw Justin Jefferson, but we've seen a lot of guys that take time. So he could literally be the only guy that Jared Goff has to throw to that has any sort of real talent and is going to have a great role in that offense next year. So that's why I'm going to keep him there. You know, you you think you lose Stafford, you downgrade at the quarterback position. You don't really know what Dan Campbell's going to do, that you would drop him a little bit, but I'm not going to do that because I think he is going to be the only guy. And all he has to do is be productive for half of the season. And with his age, with where people took him in their rookie drafts, with the talent we saw out of the combine and everything else that led up to his time in Iowa until he became a lion, people are going to love him. 
pe- people loved him when he struggled in year one because of all those reasons. So if he's productive even a little bit with Jared Goff and Dan Campbell and, you know, the line, the new look Lions, his value is going to be a skyrocket. And and the thing about my rankings, Randy, I do base them on trade value a lot because like you said earlier, you know, at one point I was the guy in my league that cared more about everything else. And all I wanted to do was talk fantasy. That's still sort of the thing. And if you've ever been in a group chat with Nathan Pilmer, then you know, you're going to have to trade a lot to keep up with the man. And I try, and I just can't. He's a cyborg that I just, I don't understand how he can trade so much. But he does it, and he does a great job. Um, so that that's how I value things, is I, from the offers I send and receive, where people tend to value them as best they can. Not so much what I think they're, st- where the, I think they're going to end at the end of the season. That's an unpredictable thing that you just, you can't do. So I, I like to do the trade values into it. And I think TJ Hawkinson is the third most expensive tight end to trade for in the NFL. Uh, fair. And, and I may have him a spot low just based on age. And I'm not an ageist by any, any means, but his head coach, former tight end, I did not have time to look up Anthony Lynn's tight end usage over his career, but I believe it's been favorable. I'll have that for next week's coaching carousel show. Now that all the, head coaching positions have been filled. We're going to jump into all the head coaches and the impacts on your rosters this time next week. But I, I may have to move him up a spot. That's a lot. You know, you, you bring up a lot of good points. You know, less target competition. You know, the safety blanket of the offense. Head coach was a tight end. OC, I believe, has a track record of using the tight end. It's like, you know, it's like a little checkbox. Check, check. Check. I, I don't see any demerits. I don't. The only demerit is maybe uh, defensive coordinators could focus on him a little bit more. But man, I don't know. I, I think that that TJ's season last year, where he had a hundred targets and sixty-seven catches and seven hundred yards and six touchdowns. I feel. I feel like that's his floor going forward. And some of those you know, 1,000-yard, 1,100-yard seasons are, are not too far upon us. we got two more guys to get into. I think some of the names are pretty obvious. The next guy is George Kittle. Um, every Everybody had these guys one or two for the most part. Uh, George Kittle's my one, and it, it really is about a, you know, that uh, Travis Kelsey and Gronk are, are separated by less than a year. So we can kind of talk about both at once, and we'll just take this thing home. Uh, for me, it was Kittle by age. You know, the the three-year age gap now with Kittle, He's not the healthiest dude around. When, when every play you catch the ball is a fist fight, I don't care how big and how tough you are and how much you like to rumble eventually when two and three and four guys are whacking you at a time because one guy's holding you up and you know the, the, the safety's holding you up and here comes the linebacker to blast you. It only takes a couple of those. You know, ask Cam Newton. And Cam Newton's not a small man. Cam Newton was like 6'6", 260 pounds. And it eventually got to him. And it will eventually get to George Kittle. So hopefully... He can play as a with, with with wisdom, age with age comes wisdom, I think. And and I mean, maybe I'm still waiting for mine. That's why I say I think. But I'm hoping with with a little bit of age comes comes some wisdom. And he wants to make all of that big tight end money. He just got got paid. And same thing with Travis Kelsey. My fear with Travis Kelsey is not next year, but the year after. Uh, the year that he'll turn 33 is when the Patrick Mahomes extension kicks in. And that's when, you know, Brett Veach and Andy Reid and this organization is going to have to make some decisions because you're no longer going to be paying Patrick Mahomes his rookie wage. 
you know, again, kind of like we talked about Jared Goff and, and Carson Wentz, his extension kicks in not in 2021. That's his fifth-year option. It picks up in 2022. So for me, that was a little bit of the age, a little bit of the contract uncertainty, you know, just a couple of things. Is Travis Kelsey going to kick ass and take names in 2021? You bet your ass he's going to kick ass and take names. Is he going to do it long term? I don't know. But I know that I feel like George Kittle is going to be at least another three to four years. So I, I'm, I'm playing Dynasty. I'm playing the long game. And for those reasons, I have Kittle one and Kelsey two. But Jerry, you, you have them in reverse order. I would love to hear your uh, your points to the contrary. I think it's just because of the short-term productivity that Travis Kelsey gets you. And, and like you said about George Kittle, my man gets hurt. Listen, he's the young elite tight end that is in this league that has shown that he can get a 1,300-yard season. He can get an 1,100-yard season. You know, I mean, he was on pace for another 1,200-yard season this year, but he missed eight games. If George Kittle plays, George Kittle's good. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's good, and he still did it with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he did it with Nick Mullins. So he is quarterback-proof. You would like to see an improvement. You would like to see an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, I know Jimmy G's handsome, but that dude is just not fun to watch. Uh, George Kittle, on the other hand, is he's young. I get it. I get it. Um, I just think Travis Kelsey is going to be probably tight end one the next two years. And I can't take him off of my tight end one dynasty spot if I think he's going to be the number one tight end the next two years, which will be like what? seven in a row or six in a row, which is he's the greatest fantasy tight end there is. I'm 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 sorry. It's not Anthony Gonzalez. It's not Antonio Gates. It's not Rob Gronkowski. It's Travis Kelsey. And he will stay at one because he is extremely fortunate to be in a situation with Andy Reid and with Patrick Mahomes and with all the weapons that they have where nobody can focus on anything. And you have a quarterback that is just a superhuman that can get it to anyone, anywhere at any time. It's the perfect situation. He's the perfect talent. It's it's the same reason when we talked about Patrick Mahomes last week. Unbelievable talent in an unbelievable situation. It's going to leave lead to unbelievable amounts of fantasy points. So he, he's going to be my one. I think George Kittle is probably number one in trade value, though, just based on the age and his productivity. Um, I think once you get because he's not just 30. You know, he, he he's creeping up. Go ahead. I was going to say, can I push back for just a second? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I would argue that right now, and as the season creeps up, I would argue that Kittle might, might have a little, a hair more value. But if you're looking to trade in season, say around week seven, eight, and Kelsey is absolutely just trash canning kids and smashing yes. people and, and running amok across. I think that is when if you're a Kelsey GM and you're looking, maybe you just have a rough season and you're looking to get a little bit younger and accumulate draft picks. Right now, the circle of dynasty life, I, I posted this on a fleet on Twitter last week, but uh, now is not the time to be moving veterans unless you're buying. It, it, it's a buyer's market right now. Everybody's looking for those uh, years one and two and maybe three players. And so if, if you're looking to acquire these guys, the time to do it is really right now. You might be able to move one of the new hotness guys that we were talking about earlier. 
you know, maybe you can sell that narrative that Dallas Goddard's going to be the man in, in Philadelphia, and I'll give you a Dallas Goddard and a pick, and, you know, you can get a little bit younger, and I'll take your Travis Kelsey. Because I can tell you, you will be able to flip that for profit margin in season to the right contender who wants to win. Because, you know, a, a healthy George Kittle, a healthy Travis Kelsey, and a he- healthy Darren Waller, they are the cheat code. They are the cheat code. And, and you could have a great roster. But, man, if, if your opponent has an equally pretty good roster and he has a Kelsey or a Kittle and, and you're rolling out Irv Smith, you are rolling out screwed. Yeah. So th- that's the importance of this, Jerry. I know you didn't want to talk tight ends too much because for you it was a little yuck. But I think this was a great exercise for the, for the listeners and the viewers and a great companion piece to last night's tight end, uh, tight end rookie mock. So, man, we, we've got some big things ahead of us. I'm ready to talk coaches next week. We'll talk about your new head man, Dan Campbell. Uh, I told Maddie I expect a Detroit kneecap biters T-shirt over on True. Viridian. If it's, catch. If, if it's not up on Viridian Global by this time next week, Maddie may be looking for a J-O-B because how in the blue hell can you be a, a, a T-shirt designer, a graphics designer, a Detroit Lions fan, have an outlet for your creativity? And, and you mean to sit here and tell me there's not a Detroit knee biters? You know, what you need to do is you need to have like a picture of a couple of knees with teeth marks in them and then a picture of, uh, you know, a picture of like the dude because that's what Dan Campbell calls himself from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. A picture of the Big Lebowski chewing on kneecaps. But we're going to talk about Dan Campbell. We're going to talk about Cullen, or is it Cully, the new head coach in Houston, and, you know, Nick Sirianni and, you know, uh, my favorite, Brandon Staley. You know, we're going to break down all seven of these hires. We're going to talk about the impact on your dynasty rosters. And uh, then we're going to, we're going to have uh, some other big things. It's going to be a big February here in the zone, Jerry. Are you ready? I am always ready. And listen, I, I know I, I crapped on the tight end position a little bit, but it is that cheat code. And that that's why you have to talk about it. Because if you can get one of these guys that's Noah Fan or Kyle Pitts or Mike Gusecki and they they do grow and they end up being the Darren Waller that just comes out of nowhere and wins people leagues or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or whatever, you know, they can, they can make up for a major injury that you get, or they can, you know, just make you steamroll your league. If you already have a good league or a good team, excuse me, plus you have a good tight end. Um, and, and let me just say this one more thing about Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey might actually be the best asset to own in dynasty. Because you can do whatever you want with him. If you're winning, he's going to help you win. He's likely to be the guy that puts you over the top. If you're rebuilding, the value will be there. The age is irrelevant in that aspect because once week seven rolls around and you go to the team that's in third place and they're starting Noah Fant, who they like, and you listen, you can keep Noah Fant for all I care. I'm just going to help you win. And you you go trade in Travis Kelsey, you can, you can just get a, a King's ransom for him. So he is probably the most, I don't know, know, versatile asset to own in dynasty. For me, it's, it's scarcity drives demand. It's, it's, it's no secret. It's a, it's an old, it's in one of the oldest business practices of all time. Scarcity drives demand. Again, what are you selling? I am selling that there is something literally three and a half of in all of dynasty right now. We think Hawkinson can get there. We yep. think maybe we think maybe Pitts can get there, if uh, the offense breaks right. Maybe Mark Andrews can get there, but what you're selling with a Travis Kelsey is you are selling scarcity. 
And again, it, it, it's a seller's market. But Jerry, um, I'm looking forward to, to breaking down more of this. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of Jerry. He's working on getting his you know, master's doctorate, some 97th degree. The kid's going to have more degrees in the thermometer before before we know it. Still going to be but, dumb as a box of rocks, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you can buy book smarts. You can't buy street smarts, kid. And speaking of street smarts, we're going to be uh, getting on the street next week and uh, uh, talking about these coaches. And then tomorrow night, join me and Dr. Kyle and Rosalie as we break down some player props, as we break down the game from uh, from a betting point of view. But until next time, that man's name is Jerry Sinclair. You can follow him at... Jerry Sin DWZ. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. But until next time, guys, uh, we will remind you that here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll talk to you real soon, guys. Thank you. Hey, guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty War Zone uh, team downloaded the dynasty Warzone podcast it took one day joined the patreon reached out to memphis about a situation with one of my rosters and the kind of feedback i got was hey nick why don't you give me a call uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when i thought i was gonna be in re- rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the patreon uh, just tr- uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football Uh, Whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even Even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family